This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. I love a good miracle story. How many love miracle stories? I love to hear how God intervenes in people's lives and he shows up and he just does something wow, you know. Um, and and, it, and it, I have lots of those in my own life. But uh, I, I know many of you ladies, probably many of you ladies, and some of you men maybe even, I don't know. But y'all love to watch, uh, what is it, the, the, uh, the Hallmark Channel, right? I can't do that, man. I just, that's tough. And so anyway, you know, they have a lot of miracle stories and things like that. And I love a good miracle story. And some of you here today, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a miracle story that you've heard. Someone who just got saved, right? That's a miracle, right? God changes somebody's life. They re- renews them. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, that, at that very instant, this person knows the direction God wants them to go. They already know right then. God speaks into their life. And he says, this is the plan I have for you. And this is what I want you to do. But for some of us here today, that miracle story can almost be painful because some of us have been Christians since dirt was invented. Like, I've, I've been a Christian for a very long time, and it took years, years for God to say, this is what I want you to do. And so for some of us today, you kind of wonder, where, God, where, where are you at? Why aren't you speaking to me? Why aren't you directing me? This person just got saved, and they already know. For some of us, it could be uh, your friend. Your friend was praying for divine healing, and their pet iguana was saved from imminent death. But for some of us, year after year, we've prayed that prayer of healing over a loved one. I get a little emotional sometimes, guys. You have to bear with me. But we pray, and where is God? And for some of you, it might be a a girlfriend. Your girlfriend, uh, you know, she finally got it through faith, finally decided she was going to break up with this not-so-good boyfriend. She's going to step out on faith. And she does it. And the next day meets the guy of her dreams who looks like the son of Brad Pitt. And, and he's memorized two-thirds of the New Testament. And, and they're already writing vows out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, so, and, and you say, well, I did the same thing. I broke up with my boyfriend in 2015. And... The only dates I've had since then is with Ben and Jerry. You know, so, so some of you are praying for that, that miracle. So what do you do when you feel like God's let you down? What do you do when you wonder, where, where are you, God? How many has ever been there? I can't stand up here today and say I have never asked God, where are you? 
Where are you at in my situation? For some of you, it could be a talent that you've always dreamed of that you never had. Guys, you don't want me up here singing, I promise you. They were wonderful, weren't they? They made me look really good, I promise you. They're awesome, yes. Maybe for some of you, maybe it was a marriage. Maybe you were in the middle of a marriage and you wanted it to be mended and healed. And it didn't. And it ended in a divorce. And you wonder, God, where were you at? If only you had intervened. Some of you, it might be today, in the middle of this world that we're living in right now, and the chaos that's going on around us with all the different stuff, the different things that are going on in the world, and you wonder, God, we know you have the power. Why aren't you intervening? And we wonder, where are you? That miracle that I've needed for so long that I've asked over and over. And you don't even want to say it out loud because you, because you have the utmost respect for God, right? You have the utmost respect. You know He's God. He's the Father. He's the Creator. You know what His Word says. And you don't even want to say it out loud, but you still, God, where are you? Why are you not showing up for me? You're showing up for all these other folks, but where, where's my miracle? Where's my blessing? And you find yourself somewhat disappointed in God. Maybe even mad. Maybe even holding a grudge against God. And that's why this title of this message is The Grudge. It's not that you don't want to trust God. You want to trust God. But right now you're finding it kind of hard. You know it's not a question of whether can he do it. The question is whether will he do it. And and so why would God not do that for me? Why would God work? Why are you not hearing my prayer that I've been praying for so long? And maybe the truth is you've been a little angry for God for a while. So today let's talk about forgiving God. Now I'm going to start off saying this. Technically, we can't forgive God. God never sins. He's perfect. His will, his word says, his will for us is pleasing, good, pleasing, and perfect. So technically, we can't forgive God. But I think some of us maybe need to perhaps be reconciled to God. Maybe let something go in our life that has happened to us or that we've been in, in the middle of. Or maybe have faith to learn to trust God again with our heart and with our life what do you do when you feel like you've been wronged by God? I want to look back in the Old Testament in a story where we talk about a man named Elkanah. And Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Panana. And I know what some of you dudes here today are thinking, dude, that sounds pretty cool to have two wives. Can I say, chances are you're not married. Um, Elkanah, his name means uh, God has created a son. Now, I want you to imagine this. So Elkanah 
his whole life. When someone speaks to him, it's like saying, God has created a son. God is going to give you a son. So every time someone says Elkanah, that's what he hears. So you can imagine when he gets married to Hannah, what does he expect? A son, right? He's, this is what I've been dreaming for my whole life. This is what I've been prepared for. This is my name that has been laid on me. God has created a son. And so he gets married to Hannah. And Hannah couldn't conceive. She couldn't bear children. And so I think many scholars believe this is why he married uh, a second time uh, to his second wife, um, Panana. Now, in this time period, having children was a big deal. That was a very, very big deal. And in that culture, if a woman couldn't bear children, she was almost deemed worthless or useless. And so you can imagine how Hannah felt, not being able to conceive children, not being able to do what it is she feels she's called to do, to bear a son for Elkanah. It feels like a failure. The shame feels useless. But each year, Elkanah took his family to a place called Shiloh. And at Shiloh, they would worship, they would sacrifice, and Panana would always take a great opportunity to throw some shade on Hannah because she couldn't conceive. So let's pick up in verse uh, 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll start reading from there. So Panana would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, this doesn't say hour after hour or day after day. This is year after year. It was the same. For some of you, this may be your case today with your prayer. For some of you, this may be the case today for your situation that you've been in, in your life with a loved one or the situation that you're facing in your life. Year after year, you have sought God. And Panala would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Now, from the story, you can pretty much tell Hannah is a sweet, godly woman. Panana is the woman your mama warned you about. Stay away from Panana. She's cruel, vicious, mean as a cat in a shower. Why would God bless Panana and not Hannah? Why is Panana blessed to be able to conceive children, to have children in his time, but yet year after year to be able to rub it in Hannah's face? A godly woman, a humble woman. Can you picture Hannah's inner thoughts? Can you picture her pain? I'm faithful, God. I, I go to church every Sunday, God. I lead a small group, God. I'm over to women's ministry, God. 
You see my heart. You know I love you. I've always been faithful to you, God. I can see her questioning them. I can feel her pain. Because I've been there. And many of you probably have as well. You've been in a situation and you just can't feel God. You don't know where he's at. You're going, where are you at, God? Why aren't you hearing my prayer? And we start giving them the list of reasons why. And this is, this is what I feel Hannah would be saying. And so she prayed. She believed. And she waited. And she prayed. And she believed. And she waited. And year after gut-riching year, nothing. No sign. Maybe you can relate. Maybe year after year, you've been praying for the salvation of a family member. And year after year, it's the same old thing. Maybe year after year, you've been asking God for a healing. And year after year, you're still in the same condition. Maybe for some of you, it's a depression or anxiety, worry. And year after year, you've asked God to take this from you. And you find yourself still battling each and every day to face the day. Some of you could be a trial that just won't go away. You still feel alone. You still feel less than. You still feel not worth it. Where are you, God? Why haven't you, God? Do you even care, God, about what I'm going through? So you pray, you believe, and you wait. And another year goes by. Now, let's talk about her husband, Elkanah, for just a moment. Elkanah, generally, from, from Scripture, is a good man. He's a dude. That's the problem. He loves his wife, but he's a dude. Now, let me help you men out here today just a little bit. Give you all some godly advice. Sometimes we're dudes. Women, you, you just can't cast a dude out of the dude, okay? It's just not happening, all right? We're dudes. So let me just give you some advice. Guys, when you take your wife or your date, your girlfriend out to eat, okay? Never look at her and say, did you mean to order all that? <laughs> or, wow, you must be really hungry. We don't say those things. And let me tell you, when your wife comes home from getting her hair done, don't look at her and say, did you mean to do that to your hair? It's not good. I'm going to save you guys some heartache today. You see, Elkanah was a dude. Everybody say he was a dude. And Elkanah does one of the most dudish things ever. This, this is the, no comparison to this question that he asked Hannah. Read with me in verse 8. Why are you crying, Hannah? 
Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Everybody say he's a dude. And, God, and ladies, this makes sense to him. Somehow. It does. It makes sense to us guys when we do this stuff. Thank you, God, for women. <laughs> Hannah's response is not recorded in Scripture. But I believe today that I could tell you almost what she said word for word. Hannah's response might go like this. Are you sure you might want to re rephrase that question? Um, bless her heart. She probably said, you don't want me to answer that. But can you feel Hannah's pain? Hannah trying to love God. She's trying to do right. She's trying to be a mother. She's trying to be a wife. She's trying to do everything that God has called her to do. And yet, she's not being answered. The one thing she wants, God seems to withhold it from her. And then she's got her rival, Panada, all up in her ear, taunting her, making her feel worthless, making her feel useless. She's got her husband over here saying dudish things, asking her crazy questions. And she's having to process all that. What do you do when you wake up in the middle of life, in the middle of your circumstances, and you find yourself with a grudge against God? Well, I think we can do like Hannah. Hannah unloads on God. She takes her heart and she pours her heart. She pours the weight of her burdens. She says, God, here is everything. And she pours it out all before God. Everything. And she just lays it out there. We're going to read in Scripture, starting at verse 9 and 10. Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Mm. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in what? Deep anguish. How many of you guys have been there? I can tell you I've been there. When all you know is please God. When all you can do is hit your knees. When all you can do is trust him. Because you know you don't have the answer. You know you don't have the strength. You know you don't have what it takes. And all you can do is drop down to your knees and beg God, please. And so Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. She pours her heart out to God. If you find yourself in pain, in hurt, just let God know. Just let him know today. In the middle of your circumstance, he is big enough to handle your hurt. David cried out in the book of Psalms, God, why are you letting my enemies do this to me? Jeremiah cried out. Jesus himself on the cross cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? You see, they let God know. That's all God wants us to do. 
He wants our relationship with us. He wants us to speak to him. He is our father, a good, good father. He wants to know your heart. God understands your pain. He welcomes your questions. He's big enough to handle our doubt. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. He expects us to be willing. He expects us to be available. I think God would rather have us yell at him in prayer on our knees than to walk away from him bitter and hurt. I'm a father myself. I've got three kids and I know if my kid is mad at me, I don't want him walking away from me. Let's talk about it. Let's figure this thing out. Let's figure out why, why are we where we're at. God the Father, he wants the same from us. I'll finish with this today as our musicians come up. Hannah tells God, give me a son and I'll give him back to you. That was her prayer. And she still got nothing. Still dealing with Panana. Still dealing with a husband who puts his foot in his mouth. And God has still not answered her prayer. No sign. She keeps her faith. She doesn't let go. And I love this verse right here. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19, the very first part of that verse. This is a beautiful thing. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. You see, she continued to faith when she didn't feel like it, even when she didn't understand it, even when she questioned God, why am I not being blessed? She continued her faith. She continued the faith. She got up. She put her clothes on. She got ready. She got beautied up like all you women do. And she got up and she took her family and she went before the Lord once more and lifted him up and praised him and worshiped him. And I can bet you she probably didn't feel like it. 1 Samuel chapter 1, the end of that verse in verse 20. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. People of God today, I want you to remember one thing if you don't remember anything else today. That God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Just because we want it in our time doesn't mean it ain't on God's time. God will show up. He has perfect timing. He's, he knows our needs. He knows what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. God is faithful. And this is hard today in, in today's culture, right? We got a Burger King culture today, right? We want it our way right away at Burger King now. We want it our way. It's human nature. We want it right now. We don't want to wait on it. We shouldn't have to wait on it. Even in our waiting seasons, we can worship God. Not because of what he's done for us, 
but because of simply who he is. He's God. He's our father. He's the alpha, the omega, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Right? He is good and he is faithful today. But this goes against everything our culture has taught us. Everything. If you do for me, then I'll do for you. But you got to scratch my back before I scratch yours. And that's today's culture. But Jesus himself, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, girded himself with a towel and knelt at the feet of his disciples and washed their feet. He said, you have to be a servant. He said, I've come to serve. And that's so against today's culture. You see, even while we are waiting for God to answer, even when we don't feel like it, I can still get up the next morning. I can still go and worship the Lord because I know who he is. I know what he's done for me. He did everything for me 2,000 years ago. If he don't do another thing for my soul, he saved me 2,000 years ago on that cross. He don't have to do another thing for me because he's already paid the price. Yes, there's pain sometimes. Yes, I wonder sometimes. Yes, I doubt sometimes. I question sometimes. God, where are you? But I know that he is good. He is always good. That he has a plan for me. His word says it. He will, his will is good and pleasing and perfect. His word teaches me this. And it is upon that rock that I stand, that I'll put my faith, that I'll put my trust, that I'll put my hope in. Because he is faithful. He's always been faithful. He's never let me down. Not one single time. He's good today. And whatever you're facing, wherever you're at in your life today, I challenge you this. I challenge you to be reconciled to God, to find your faith in Him, to put your hope, your trust, your future, everything, your dreams, put them in Him. Because He is faithful today, right in the middle of your circumstance. He'll never leave you. The Bible says that. He's never left us nor forsaken us. He's still there. And today, I think some of you have been holding that grudge. You've had something in your life. And year after year, you've dealt with that pain. Today is the day to let that go. To be reconciled to God. Today, you need to choose I'm letting go of the hurt. I choose to still trust you, God. Even though I don't feel like it, even though I'm not sure, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to worship you. Maybe you're that person. Maybe you're waiting. And maybe you're just saying, God, where are you today? If that's you today, God can meet you right where you're at. Father God, you are good to us. Hallelujah. 
Oh, God, you are good. Hallelujah. Father God, today I pray over the men and women, the students here, the young people, the senior people. God, I pray over each and every person today. God, you see their circumstance. You see the, the things that they're facing in their life. God, you know their questions, their doubts, their fears. You know everything about us. And you are good. And I ask right now, God, that you would bless those situations. God, that you would intervene. God, that you would heal where healing needs to be healed. God, that you would bring peace where peace needs to be. God, joy where joy needs to be. Comfort, God, in those times of pain. God, that you would bless and touch each and every soul here today, God. God, that you would reconcile us, that you would draw us back to you, God, and to your heart. Bless us, God, today, I pray. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's here today. He wants to know you. If you don't know Him today, and that's you, and you would like to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, just slip your hand up, put it right back down with no one looking around, a very private moment. If that's you today, I'll give you just a moment. He is good. He loves us. He loves us enough that He died on a cross for our sins. He bore our pain, our shame, our iniquities, our incapabilities. He died for us. The Word says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, that we will be saved. That's very clear. There's no doubt in that sentence. There's no doubt in that Scripture. It says we will. Then say we might be. And so we're all going to pray this prayer today. We're going to repeat this prayer. And today, if you repeat this prayer and you mean it from your heart, you will be saved. If you repeat this prayer after me and it's just words, then all we're doing is just repeating empty words. But if you mean it from your heart today, God's going to hear your prayer. He's going to save you right now. Father God, come on, people. Father God, right now, I'm a sinner. God, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Forgive me, Father. Now guide me. Be my king. Direct me. And lead me in the way of righteousness. Make me a better person. Help me to be what it is you've called me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.